Empower Radio presents the Dr. Julie Show, all things connected. Break through the illusion of separation, explore the infinite field of possibility, and make connections that inspire. Now, here's your host, Dr. Julie Kroll. Hello and welcome everyone. You're listening to the Dr. Julie Show, all things connected. Each week we gather right here to make connections that break through the illusion of separation. Citizens of Earth have called for and committed to working together to ensure that a binding international law is put in place for the immediate and universal protection of all water. As the first vital step towards global cooperation for effective worldwide social and ecological healing. Sound Interesting. I hope you're interested. The world water law requires the uncompromising protection and restoration of all natural water sources, watersheds, aquifers, rivers, lakes, wetlands, estuaries, and oceans. The rewilding of ecosystems necessary for the restoration of planetary water cycle. And the guaranteed free access of all humans and animals to natural, uncontaminated water. The world water law holds all governments, corporations, communities, and individuals fully accountable for their impact on all waters everywhere. This one law serves as a unifying foundation for all governments and citizens to work together with community-led wisdom and stewardship councils in ways that effectively serve the health and vitality of the whole. 2021 has been dedicated as World Water Year. This is the first in a series of shows highlighting World Water Year and the beautiful work of many water guardians around the world who have dedicated their lives to the protection and reverence of water on behalf of all life. I invite you to take a few deep breaths. Bring your awareness into this moment. Open your mind and heart and settle into your essential wholeness. As I introduce our guest, Angelique Rodriguez calls herself a water facilitator and currently works with individuals and groups facilitating a deeper understanding and development of a personal relationship with the water we are and the water around us. I hope that piques your interest as well. We've got the World Water Law going and we have this beautiful guest here to talk about our own personal relationship with water. So welcome, Angelique. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for having me as well. Hey, you are welcome and um, this I'm really looking forward today. I've, um, your voice is pretty special, Angelique, and I can't wait so that till the listeners can really deepen into this, what we're calling this personal relationship, your intimate relationship, really, of what's happening. So before we dig in, though, Angelique, I do have a traditional first question that I like to ask every guest. And um, over the eight years of doing this, the answers have evolved, they've deepened, they've become more meaningful. And I always like to set our 
our conversation into this larger meme, this larger worldview. So I'm going to start with that question and ask if you could share with our listeners, what does all things connected mean to you? Stepping into uh, the divine beings that we were designed to be from creator, great spirit, the love. Um, being connected means being in love to me. Mm. Well, your gentle voice of love is um, way more powerful than that quiet answer that you gave. And I'm really looking forward to unpacking that with you because it's so powerful and so deep. So your story is, is really beautiful and evocative. You've been studying the water for years and you've developed an intimate personal relationship with the water. Can you share with our listeners how this all began? What is your story? Why did you begin studying the water and how has it evolved over the last decade and a half? Well, originally I started working on the water um, through another project that I had that I had labeled uh, Universal Harmony, learning how to, or creating a, a, a system to allow kids who don't know how to read to learn how to play music using color. And when I was learning about frequencies and sofagio and just doing research, I came across Dr. Masato Rimoto. And um, after I saw his work, that changed everything for me. That was the pivotal point that I, I've been a lifelong learner, but everything focused on water at that point when I realized the implications of our ability to reprogram the molecular structure of water. That blew my mind. And I've been on this journey still, <laughs> still having my mind blown daily for sure. Um, with water, just what she's capable of and the beauty of her and the intelligence of her and just every day I feel like I'm I'm getting more uh, deeper into what's possible in the essence of our water. So Angelique, you were talking about Dr. Amoto and the it didn't matter what language, whether it was a word written or a photo, a, a picture, an image, but let's just deepen into that again as well. And what did he discover? What he discovered was that the molecules would rearrange based on those frequencies. And what they would rearrange into when, it, when it, those words created structure was a hexagonal shape, which is critical to our body being able to absorb water um, because that's what the brain-blood barrier, the key to get into those spots, the key to get into the DNA, they've discovered that the DNA, it's actually the water that's putting it all together. The water is engineering our DNA. So when our water isn't able to get into the deeper places of our body, it takes a tremendous amount of energy from our body uh, to make that water structure, to allow it to be able to go into those deeper places and nurture us the way that healthy water was designed to, to do. And when those molecules are not structured, that's when, it, you know, we're spending and expending all of this energy to try to get that structure so our bodies can be fed in the appropriate way. And, and the ones that aren't structured look like raw sewage. They don't look like beautiful snowflakes, you know. Um, with 
just gorgeous shapes that look godly. <laughs> yeah. Mm. So, so this began your journey. You you discovered these pieces, and you began deepening into this. And I also I just want to give kudos to this Universal Harmony um, project where you were teaching the kids through color how to play the piano and and looking at the frequency of music so you've been musing it with the idea of frequencies for a long time so then how did this 10-year journey into the study of water progress then it's progressed with my level of dedication to gaining a deeper understanding that's what's allowed it to grow is is my attention to it um, and you know man it's hard to it's hard to narrow things <laughs> can, can you ask that question again in <laughs> a different way like that just feels so broad to me like so much is coming up in my head yeah well here's here's the deal is like I just want to really frame the foundation of of this 10 years before you get to Standing Rock and I can't wait to tell our listeners about what drew you to Standing Rock. But I'm wondering if there were any other significant discoveries or events during the first 10 years of your studying water that are really important that perhaps would help us all in understanding our relationship with water before you get to your story about Standing Rock. I think the most significant thing is understanding that the impact that we have through our voice through our, the magnetism of our mind, through the frequency that emanates from our heart and our will. Because what that meant to me is that we're always programming water, no matter what, because we can't stop emanating those things. So when we have that, you know, those judgments and those the self-talk, you know, when we're like being derogatory in our own head, we're affecting our own molecular structure in a negative way. When we're thinking about someone else in a negative way, whether it ever comes out of our mouth or not, we're still affecting their molecular structure. And here's the thing, like you can't affect someone else's molecular structure in a negative or positive way without it resonating through your body first. So whatever joy you're spreading, that's your joy. Whatever um, heartache or judgment or, or heaviness you're spreading, that's yours as well because you can't give what you don't have. So if you're putting that out there, it's already resonant inside of you. And so when we think about creating um, a better world, when we think about how we want our lives to be, when we think about the, the impact that we as an individual person, our signature, our frequency signature on this planet, it's like, what are we contributing? What are we giving our attention to? Um, how are we impacting the people around us, nature, the water, all of it, the sky, like all of it is receiving from us all times. And it's really dropping into that consciousness of realizing that language that is constantly being spoken, whether we want to acknowledge it or not. That's, that's huge for me. Um, and that just coming through the evolution of my realization of this, the impact uh, that we have through our frequencies was the big part of that, the, that time. 
That's beautiful. I, I love the term, the, the frequency signature, our frequency, personal frequency signature on the planet, and that we're always receiving and sending and everything around us is really um, affected by that. The thing, the piece that I think is really important to just pause into at this point is that you mentioned we're always programming water no matter what and that is we're always programming our internal water at the same time we're programming the external water and that so one way that these water bearers and water protectors and the new science is helping us understand this is that water is like our consciousness think of it as consciousness the living consciousness and so as we hear a lot um, about how to program consciousness the law of attraction adding words being positive saying affirmations and literally we've now connected the dots between this idea of consciousness and the understanding of water so that literally our internal waters i just wanted you to speak about this really quick before we before we shift angelique because i think it's important is that we are made up of mostly water and what you're saying is that we are always programming our own physical emotional our biological structure and yet our also this spiritual um, emotional bodies of what we are through our living water that we are made up of water can you just expand on that piece for a minute yeah absolutely um, it's a beautiful question the way that I look at it is that inner voice and that intuition and that knowing that is in us that we all have from my understanding that is our water that's the higher intelligence of the being that is us inside of us as our water because it has access to all of the other information that has ever happened since that first word was uttered that first frequency went out into the water water has memory so it's holding it is the chalice it's holding every bit of information and when we have that gut feeling of just like oh that doesn't feel right you know or we have those downloads where it's just like we get these beautiful epiphanies. It's like, oh, my gosh, what if that was the water talking to us? What if that was the water sharing with us what we consciously can't think about? And you were talking about the consciousness and putting the pieces together. Yes, that's true. But I still feel like there's, there's um, a piece that really needs to be acknowledged in that equation, and that is the emotion. Because without the emotion, you can repeat whatever you want in your head till the cows come home, but you're not going to feel the effect if there's nothing behind it. That magnetism, that heart, that the, like the frequencies that amplify that. And so what I, I try to share with people is like when we can combine our, our mind, the mental magnetism of our mind, the, the voice, our heart and our will, on a frequency of total and complete utter love, then that has no impedance at all. 
it is reaching out. There's no obstructions. It's not in these lower frequencies where you're running into stuff. You know, you think about, you know, the subwoofer, the car coming down the uh, the street. You could hear three blocks away. Those those frequencies, those waves are really low and dense. But you think about like a, a chime and how that just zing, and it's just such an easy like it just it just moves so quickly. That's like us when we're in that capacity, when we open our heart completely and have the emotion behind that consciousness and that free will and choice, then you're actually stepping into some very powerful co-creative abilities. Mm. We often hear that this is about the electromagnetic field and how we affect it and um, we need both the mind and the heart, the emotions and the thoughts as the electro and magnetic um, impulse within the electromagnetic field. I love that. Um, when you're speaking, what I, what I saw was so often, you know, in Newtonian physics and where we've been with science, we've created separation. We've, we've literally created an understanding of the world that has clearly been limited. And one kind of evolution of that that I saw when when you were speaking is so often we think of the nervous system as the primary communicator in the body, but it feels like the nervous system is just the impulse communicating with and through all the waters. You know, it's like the blood, the water, the tissue, the, you know, there's so much more to the waters than we think about. But when when you developed your personal relationship with water, Angelique, with your living waters. How did you begin that process? And how how are you communicating with your water and listening to that water as it's a universal water and yet there's a containment of your personal water space i just want to go into that a little bit to give our listeners a just a, a tidbit a, a little appetizer a teaser before we go into break because then we're going to expand into that and go really deep and wide but how did you begin your communication with your personal relationship with water um, I would have to say that would have started at prayer. Um, I've always, well, I'm a cancer, so I'm a water baby anyway. I've always loved water. I've always been drawn to water. But I think consciously um, and, and heart from my heart, like with that element in it, it was through prayer. And um, and, and as I said earlier, once I realized what was happening in that prayer, to my body and to the bodies around me and to the whole planet. I think um, that took took on, a, the prayers took on a different thing. And I started to actually realize that that intelligence that's in the water, that's, that's sitting right in front of me, um, I could be having conversations with that intelligence. And I realized that I could ask questions and, and I, I'm a huge advocate of open-ended questions. When you're sitting in that silence, this is how I do. I sit in just quietness, and I really try to focus on the micro-movements within me 
the heart be in me, anything that's going to draw me very deep inside. And so I try to find the most subtle thing that I could pay attention to. And I find that quiet space in there. And I'll, I'll do visualizations with my heart where I envision my first heartbeat as an embryo. And just what, and I get to this place of reverence. And, and the reverence really opens up the channel because she, she is an intelligent, sentient being. And when, when we don't acknowledge somebody, look them in the eye, like ask them questions, listen to their answers, like be an active listener. It's, it's just like if you, someone was sitting across the table from you, the same kind of characteristics she has. And so when we can see her as that living being instead of just a thing and, and like, um, it's just, it take our relationship takes on a whole nother dynamic that allows us to open up in a way where we can begin to have a real relationship instead of, um, uh, I don't even know, like it's a you against me or, you know, this thing that is for me to use to enjoy at my will and my leisure, how I choose. Well, do we treat people like that? Would you treat your lover like that? Like your body is mine. I get to do whatever I want to it. I don't have to consent to you. You don't have to consent. I don't have to ask. You know, we don't treat anybody like that. Mm. Why would we treat the water like that? Wow. Yeah. Beautiful beautiful analogy here of, of really how to build that relationship. I'm going to encourage all of you listeners, go take a really beautiful drink in honor of our beautiful, pure living waters on the planet. Right now, we're going to take a quick break. I'm Julie Kroll. You're listening to The Dr. Julie Show. After the break, we're going to have so much more with Angelique Rodriguez and deepen into your personal water and that relationship. I'm going to give you a a few more ideas of really how to build a healthy you in this coming year, starting with your own personal water. We'll be right back. Every three minutes, another woman gets the news that she has breast cancer. And here are some of the first words she hears. Hertenew Oncogene. Aromatase inhibitor, ductal carcinoma in situ. What do these words mean? How are you going to decide what to do if you can't even say what you have? Listen to me, Shirley Jones. As soon as you get your diagnosis, go to breastcancer.org. It's a special place on the internet where you can learn how to say all those breast cancer words and find out what they mean. At breastcancer.org, you can learn more about your particular kind of cancer and your treatment options. Prepare a list of questions for your next doctor's visit and get all kinds of other useful information to guide you and your family through this. Breastcancer.org, the first place to go the minute you find out you have breast cancer. My dad came to live with us last month and you know, it's going pretty well. I feel like I never have time for myself. 
With him being around more, it really lets us catch up on things. This memory isn't what it used to be. We get up and we have coffee. He usually wakes up at 4.30. Then we go for a walk. He needs lots of my attention. I do need to keep an eye on his medications, though. That's important. Sometimes I feel like a pharmacist. I'd say John and the kids are adjusting pretty well. They honestly have no idea what I'm going through. It can be a little challenging. Help. But so far, so good. I could really use just a little help. For those dealing with the daily struggles of caring for a loved one, we hear you. That's why AARP created a community with experts and other caregivers for advice, tips, and support. Together, let's help each other better care for ourselves and the ones we love. Visit aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. This is Maria Menunos coming to you with some urgent news impacting families across America. Studies reveal that one in five children in America are struggling with hunger. That's nearly 16 million children who may not know where they're getting their next meal or if it's even coming at all. These kids need help and they need it now. But the good news is there's more than enough healthy food in this country to ensure that no one ever goes hungry again. And that's where the Feeding America nationwide network of food banks steps into the picture. They're out there every day collecting surplus food and helping to get it to children and families facing hunger. But they can't do it alone. Find out how you can help support Feeding America and your local food bank at feedingamerica.org. Together, we can solve hunger. Together, we're Feeding America. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Back to the Dr. Julie Show, all things connected on Empower Radio. Welcome back. Hey, if you're inspired by our conversation today, I invite you to share it with others and perhaps listen to it again. You can do that by visiting my website at thedrjulieshow.com, where you'll find all the archive links as well as a listing of upcoming guests. Again, that's thedrjulieshow.com. Also stay connected all week on my Facebook page, All Things Connected with Dr. Julie, where we continue the conversation. I'm here today with Angelique Rodriguez. You can find more about her work at water-unite.com. Again, very important dash there, water-water-unite.com. And Angelique, I think a, a beautiful gift for our listeners today is to now deepen into the spiritual aspects of water and your relationship that's really it, it, it really lifts and amplifies the science and the physics of what you're talking about and that w- when we began talking about that electromagnetic um, field and and how we literally are programming the water there's deep deep spiritual wisdom to this too so i think a beautiful part of your story is when you literally were called to Standing Rock. Can you begin with the beginning of that story? And let's talk about the lessons from Standing Rock and the lessons from the water. Yeah, that was a a beautiful, beautiful piece to my life. I'm very thankful for that. Standing Rock, I didn't know anything about it. I was on Facebook. I saw a post and I've never been politically involved. never found my answers in that system. So, um, but on this Facebook post, it was against the man. (laughs) 
standing with indigenous peoples for the water. And I had already been doing water research for a number of years. And um, I've always felt called to the indigenous ways. I am indigenous. However, it's not how I was raised. I grew up in suburbia. Um, definitely not around my culture. So when I saw that post, I felt extremely moved. And for the first time I showed up um, to something to, to use my voice in that way, which I've never done before. And when I showed up at the uh, CU Denver campus where uh, it started and they were doing the opening ceremony, I sobbed. Like it just touched me so deeply and I had no idea why. I didn't know like, what is this about? Like, but once I smelt the sage and was listening to the prayer, like I couldn't hold it back. And that day I ended up walking um, through the 16th Street Mall with eight other people. I think it was seven other people. I think it was eight of us total to the Capitol um, um, asking for the protection of the water um, due to Dakota Access Pipeline that was uh, at the time being proposed or, you know, being put in. Um, or attempted to put in. So that was the first first um, time that I even knew about Standing Rock and was aware about it. And that was one that was on a weekend. By Wednesday, I was at um, Four Winds, which is um, the um, hub kind of here in Denver. And so our Standing Rock meetings were being held out of there. And by Friday morning, after my first meeting on Wednesday, by Friday morning, I was leaving to Standing Rock. By Saturday morning, I was sitting in circle with elders at the Rosebud Camp, um, just beginning a journey that changed my life forever. Mm. Okay. And that journey wasn't a brief one. <laughs> <laughs> and it changed your life in so many powerful ways. Where do you begin with this story? I think there's some really important pieces here that our listeners would love to hear. The pieces of that particular moment or pieces of what Standing Rock has been to me? Can you clarify that for me? Yeah, the, I, what I'm interested in is your experience at Standing Rock and some of the lessons you learned from the elders there and for from the whole experience. It wasn't just literally standing there protecting the water as, you know, the bulldozers were trying to get through. You, literally, you deepened into this experience with water and had some real prophetic, meaningful um, relationships with with some of the people there. Yeah. Um, that week, uh, from the week from the March to when I actually went to Standing Rock was the last week I was doing um, work at a local school. And they had taken this mirror down in the girl's bathroom and I ended up doing a mural on this wall, probably like six feet um, tall. I mean, I took the whole, whole wall <laughs> and um, I asked permission. They were like, okay, what do you want to put on there? And I, I was talking with my daughter about it. She's like, what about Indian? And I just like, yeah. And so I started rummaging through like native pictures and she started rummaging through like India Indian pictures. And I was just like, no, no, it's going to be native indigenous this way, you know? And so I found one that was white calf Buffalo woman. 
And I ended up painting that. And I'm drawing all these symbols. I'm painting all these symbols. And I finished the piece. And like I said, I ended up at Rosebud sitting in a circle of elders. Literally, that where that pipe resides, the white calf buffalo pipe, like that, it was so significant to me. And, and I think back now about the pictures that I drew and all of these symbols and the turtles and like all of these things that I had no idea what they mean. It means so much to me now. And, and it was really um, interesting how that painting came through and where I ended up the following week and, and just the symbolism of all of what that prophecy means in the light of Standing Rock as a water movement, water protection movement, and where this world is moving to, spiritually speaking. And, and it just is so beautiful, that overlay with the prophecy of the white calf buffalo woman and just brings in the, you know, the gifts to... Um, to bring in this new world. Mm. Okay, so that gift is so expansive. Um, there's so much to this story, and I'm. I just want to move you into um, perhaps some of the most important lessons from Standing Rock. If you could say the most important one or two messages from your experience at Standing Rock, what would it be? I think what Standing Rock showed us for me was the experience when I was there to feel the heart of the people with over 300 different nations there and then some, I mean, there were people from around the globe. At some point there was 10,000 people there living next to each other, sharing meals, working together, all like, Everyone being fed, everyone having shelter, everyone being warm, everyone getting what their needs were with joy, with no money being exchanged, with a, a spirit of service to everyone and the water. And that, to me, um, showed a vision. I, I, to me, that represents the world that I'm working to, to bring in. The world that I see us moving into, where we let go of these illusionary things that are, are restricting us in so many ways. Um, and when we shed those kinds of illusions and really just stand next to each other from a place of deep love for the gifts that have been given and for the gifts that we are in service, there are amazing things that can be accomplished in joy, in laughter, in friendship, in, in just so many beautiful ways and the synchronicities that line up where it's just like you feel like you're living in magic. Mm -hmm. so that was one of the most beautiful things that, that still I hold very dear to my heart. It's just that vision of us being able to function in that manner without the kind of governance that we see so heavily laid on us now where it's the type of governance where it's just like, okay, honor and respect. Let's make this the foundation. Beautiful. So you, your life has changed radically 
since Standing Rock and you're now devoted to the water in such a beautiful way. I wonder if you could talk to us about the World Water Law and World Water Year. Uh, what's your, what are your thoughts and feelings about the World Water Law first and foremost? And then um, how can you inspire all of our listeners to really deepen into World Water Law and the World Water Year 2021? <laughs> I can't tell you. I mean, it's hard to put in words the joy that I experience around all of that. And I continue to experience. And I think about the implications of just like us all, like Standing Rock, like that community consciousness based out of love and service, like I was just talking about at Standing Rock. The World Water Law and the World Water Year are just extensions of that on a global level. Because to love our water the way that she deserves to be loved and acknowledged and respected and honored is going to take all of us. And so through the World Water Law, you know, we're asking, not me in particular, because it's not mine. Um, it's, it's something that I've discovered recently, and I'm just so thrilled about it because there's a call to the citizenship of the planet. Stepping beyond, no longer asking permission to love our water, to take care of our water, to honor and respect our water. We're not putting that responsibility on someone else outside of us. We're not asking the politicians, hey, we, you know, I mean, of course, we're willing to like, you know, let, of course, that would be beautiful if that happened. But we're not waiting for that. We're taking action as a global citizenship and humanity. And I actually um, talked with Shelley and created the, the World Water Year and the law. And, and I said, you know, here in America, citizenship, you're 16th on the list of hierarchy when you say the word citizen. And, and you know, you're really giving up a lot of your, you know, sovereignness. She's like, no. She's like, we understand that, but that's not the truth of it. She's like, that's the manipulation of that word from a man's perspective of control. She's like, the citizenship, we're reclaiming the word law, even. She's like, the same thing with law. It's not man's law. We're going back to the original where that planetary citizenship, the humanity of us, not what they call us, you're a citizen, you have to abide by this. We're reclaiming those words from the natural perspective of where they belong and law in the same way. It's not man's law. It's up to nature's law. And those are the laws that we need to abide by because those are the ones that matter. And those are what are being called to be seen and respected globally. And how how does this inspire you personally, Angelique, when you when you hear Shelley really encouraging all of us to take back those words and to really deepen into this? How does this uh, affect you in your life and your direction in these coming months? Has it inspired you in any new ways, in any new directions? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I just I'm so giddy and excited about the fact that somebody is no longer 
asking permission. I I have my issues with authority. Because <laughs> 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 I'm usually like, no, that's not good for me. I don't like that. Um, but so for me, it's just like I am so excited to just see this movement happen, this, this initiative being taken um, without that permission. Like that makes me feel so excited and I'm so thrilled to be a part of it. And I personally am here to be of service to the water in any way that I can. And in that, the planet and all of my relatives. So if there's anything that I can contribute, I'm going to do that to the best of my ability. And so really for me, the World Water Year and the World Water Law and just even meeting Shelly um, has really um, been encouraging to me to be able to share what's been given to me as a gift through the water and the understanding and the information and anything else that I can contribute. So I am actually very excited about the coming year and to see how I will be guided because I don't, in my mind, know what this is going to look like for me. Um, but my heart is wide open and I'm very anxious and happy to be a part of it and to be of service. Mm. Like so many others, um, what recent events have brought us is this idea to just show up and say, yes, we're here now. So we have no idea what it's going to emerge and unfold in this coming year and these coming months, but we're saying yes. So I, I love that. So, uh, Angelique, I want to, yeah, go ahead. If I could just put something in there, I think like it's really important to acknowledge the partnership of the water through this. Because yes, we're showing up. Who are we saying yes to? Mm. Like, is it, you know, are we conscious and aware from our heart and our mind that we're saying yes to the water? Yes, guide me. Yes, show me. Because she has the intelligence. She knows how to get it done in the most efficient way. And so if we have the ability to reprogram the molecular structure of water that's in everything, what isn't malleable on this planet? Mm -hmm. And so when we realize that and we show up with those open hearts and say yes to really understand that that's being open to letting the water guide us through that personal relationship, through that inner dialogue where we're be working together as, as a unit, as the oneness that we are. Mm. One of the things you do so well is give voice to the water. You just, you just paused and made room for the presence of water to be right here, right now. You just, you paused and said, okay, wait, we're, we're really co-creating and um, saying yes to the water. We're listening to the water. So I'm going to give you a moment to listen to the water, to tune into the water. And just with the honoring that all life begins with water. I mean, the seed needs water to germinate. A baby begins in the embryonic waters of the womb. All life on this planet begins in water and nothing grows and lives on this planet without water. This is a big deal for all of us to pause 
and take in the magnitude of what we're saying here. It's it's huge. And within this beautiful embryonic fluid um, of, of our planet itself, I want to just pause and have you tune into those waters and give voice to her today. What do our world waters want us to know today, right here, right now? No pressure, Angelique. <laughs> no pressure at yeah, all. Yeah, right. You're <laughs> <laughs> like hugging my water. I'm just like, what do you want me to say? This is a prayer of mine all the time. Like, I, I, it's a regular prayer of mine. It's almost like a mantra. Like, help me get out of the way. Yeah. It's not about me. Help me have a voice that is your voice. And this is something that we can all ask for, that I ask us all to please ask for, us to get out of the way in our mental capacity, like trying to figure it out. Oh, we got to get this done. It's just like, stop. Go into your heart. Be with the water that you are and ask her to guide you because she is there. What, what just came through is just like she is waiting for us to co-create something that we will all thrive in. She is our ally. She is our partner. She's intelligent. She has, she is, when you think about like the creation story, when the word went out, the frequency, it went into the water. It came into the water. So it's just like, let's think about that. That spirit is like the male aspect and the water is the female aspect and we are water babies. And we are the result of that impregnation that happened from frequency coming into water. And that is the blueprint of how we create and co-create with our divine sacred mother. And Seeing her as that divine sacred mother that nothing can happen through without her. Because spirit, that's the only thing spirit touched. So when we tap into our own water and we're developing this relationship, are we willing to be that intimate with spirit and listen to those original frequencies, listen to the memory of the water? Listen to her tell her story about how we can move forward. What's going to be efficient? What's going to help people to not have to die? What's going to make it just happen so quick that people don't have to suffer? She knows. We don't. We can't figure that out. There's so, so much convolution in the world right now. We don't even know it's true. But we don't have to. All we have to do is tap into the water that we are in the water around us and set our intentions from those frequencies of love and you will not fail. Mm. Set our intention from the frequency of love. That is beautiful medicine right there. And it just, you know, it really brings home Angelique, the idea that, that we can either be a part of the solution or part of the problem. We can be part of the medicine or we can be part of the toxins, the poison. And so as we clean up our own thoughts and emotions, we clean up our own waters. And as we clean up 
our water, we're contributing to the health of the all living waters on the planet. And this is just as important as the pollution that we talk about. So in one minute or so, what would be your final words to our listeners? What would you want them to hear today in, in a minute or so? To really uh, look closely at the judgments and beliefs and ideas that you have that you function from um, and look at if they're coming from love or fear. Because where we're going, um, it's a place of love. It's that frequency. And so all of this baggage that we have based out of fear and dogma and programs that we didn't even create, how can we elevate? How can we ascend or lighten up or be enlightened with all of that weight on us? So I would encourage everybody to really take a deep look from that place in your heart and ask your water to help you to to really see clearly what origins your belief systems and your judgments and your your ideas of life originate from. Is it love or is it fear? Because they both cannot exist at the same time. It's either one or the other. Everything comes in either one or the other. So I would encourage all of my relatives to really just look at the content so that we can move swiftly and clearly from our heart and and understand the deeper places of us through that relationship with our water so that we can be in that heart space where you're like looking at your newborn child and you just feel tears of joy and create from that place because at that point you are being a God because God doesn't have the quality of love. Great spirit is love. So when you're activating from that point, after you, you can, and clearing your house will help you hold that resonance stronger. And so when we're at that place and we're in that space of love and we're sending our intention out, then we're on that super highway of frequency where we are not having the quality of love, but we are being love as source. And nothing is impossible. Everything is possible. Everything is malleable. And we can make this change sitting in our living rooms with their aunties or grandmas and the babies, everybody contributing on the same level without people dying. So it's really, really important to come from the heart and have that emotion of just total love, like the deep, deep love you feel for your child or for your pet or for whatever moves you and create and envision and voice what you want to see on this planet in that space. Beautiful. You've been listening to the beautiful words of Angelique Rodriguez, a water protector, and the Dr. Julie Show, all things connected. Remember, together we are creating connections for the good of the whole. Until next time, I'm sending you a world of love. Bye for now.